Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Hi everyone, Chris Jaiwardner here, and a quick pre-podcast intro before we get into the episode today. For those unfamiliar, The Bully Show from Season 4 of Laverta and Shirley is one that features rape and sexual assault as a key theme to its plot. We'll be discussing it at length in our podcast today, and we wanted to be upfront with a trigger warning here. If this bothers you or may bother you, we ask that you use discretion when listening. We don't want any harm to come to those who turn to us for entertainment, insight, or community. We've covered episodes like this with sensitive or triggering subject matter in the past, but this one we wanted to confront pretty head-on. As well, for some, our discussions of desired retribution against the villain character may be a little more violent than usual for our regular listeners. With that, we hope that those who listen can find some catharsis along with us. Thank you. Welcome to Night for Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jaiwardner. Hello. And we're here to review The Bully Show, an episode from Season 4 of Laverne Shirley, directed by Dennis Klein and written by Chris Thompson. I bet you get some facts about them, don't you, Chris? Uh, I do have a few. So as mentioned before, Chris Thompson, the author of this episode, got to cut his teeth here before moving on to creating Bosom Buddies and the buddy comedy series Hard Knocks, along with a plethora of other television. This is his first episode for Season 4, with another one coming up toward the end of it. He has four more left for the series. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit more uh, about him later on down the down the line. Um, <laughs> regarding Dennis Klein, he was the director of uh, Fittingly, It's the Water, and step, uh, and then also Stepping Out. He returns here for this episode and the next one coming up. He was primarily, it actually turns out, was a writer for television, having already served as a head writer for Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. He would also direct the film One More Saturday Night with Al Franken and Tom Davis, create The Larry Sanders Show, and develop the late 90s era Cosby show, which, considering this episode, that kind of makes sense. But yeah. <laughs> Here's what this episode is about. <laughs> While Shirley takes an overnight trip to Minneapolis to witness her brother's graduation from heavy equipment school, Laverne finds herself manipulated into going out on a date with Milwaukee's Man of the Year, as arranged by the boys. In actuality, the man that she's going out with is their brutish foreman Biff. Doom the boys have lied that Laverne is as loose as a moose, in quote unquote. Though the deed was done under duress, and with the promise of getting the boys a plum route past the women's detention center, Honey and Squiggy try to convince themselves that they aren't horrible friends who set Laverne up to be date raped, as Laverne tries to fend off Biff's attacks. Will they rescue her in time? Meanwhile, Laverne and Carmine accidentally rip off Boo Boo Kitty's tail and scramble to hide the evidence from Shirley. What'd you think of this episode, Chris? All right. So, um, you know, last week I figured was, uh, my, was my turn to rage and be really upset, but see here. So, all right, I've got a, I got a big pillow here and, uh, Lisa, you, you go ahead. You just punch the pillow. I mean, I, I, I think this is, I think this is going to be your turn. <laughs> I don't even have to, I don't even have to punch a pillow. I just want to just scream in the most primal manner possible. <laughs> I hate this episode. Uh, I hate this episode. I hate everything about this episode. I hate every little infinitesimal thing about it, except for the fact that Lenny feels guilty about what happened with Laverne. And he's the one who goes to rescue her, and he's the one who's really upset about it. And he's the one determined to kick this guy's ass. Everything else about this episode really, really sucks. Except for that little tiny bit of physical comedy with Shirley in the glasses and the ridiculousness of the boo-boo kitty flaws. Everything else about it can freaking rot. Rot in hell forever. Rot, but 
underneath a 20-foot slab of concrete. I hate this episode so much. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, everybody, for Night After Night. <laughs> uh, I remember that when we watched this episode together, you were less upset about it than I am, and I was. I was so what happened? Yeah. Okay. So what happened for me was that I yes. was really expecting the worst. I mean, I've yeah as a as a film goer, as a person who's watched a lot of horror films, who's watched a lot of grindhouse movies, I was expecting something yeah. nasty. I was expecting something yeah. really graphic. I was actually expecting Biff to succeed, and then yeah, well, and if that had been the case, like that, I was expecting. I mean, I remember I, I remember asking you at the end or not at the end so earlier on was, is Laverne yeah. going to need to turn into Linda Blair in Savage Streets? That was that was, I think, my question <laughs> to you. So regarding that, I mean, I'm not saying that any of this is OK. It's just it's a case of like for me as the viewer to be emotionally affected yeah. by it. It was not as it was not as heart wrenching and horrifying just because my expectations were just so outlandish. Like I was expecting irreversible. I was expecting the rape scene from contraband, Lucio Fulci's contraband. Oh. I was expecting, oh, God, I was no. expecting last house on the left. I was expecting something really heinous and horrible. Um, I was expecting even just the off screen rape from year of the dragon, you know, like what happens to Tracy God. Sue in that film. So it's yeah. like, I, I was expecting so much worse, but back on track to it. Um, yeah. Biff is a piece of shit. And uh, yeah. let me see. I, I have some notes here about that. Um, I have a note about regarding him. Oh, yeah. Bad writers. Bad. I'm going to get the stick. And uh, which is one note. And oh, yes. And this one I mentioned to you earlier. Oh, God, I clipped my audio shit. Um, was to was to, you know, when Laverne is saying, you know, is, is, is like, oh, no, did I did I kill him? And it's like, don't fall for it, Laverne. You don't do that. You. Yeah. You get you yeah. get the bat and you confirm the kill. That's what yeah. you do. <laughs> or you just walk out of the room, or you just walk out. Of the or you room. just walk away. That's also that's also fine. If you need to keep yourself at, at you know arm's length from danger, then yeah, walk away from the room. But anyway, so yeah, that's yeah. No, it's 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 a. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just rewatched it today to 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 you know prep for this episode. Yeah. I was frustrated that there are, yeah. if not for the Biff part of the story. There are good yeah. jokes. There are good lines. Yeah. It is a well-produced episode, but fuck this episode. Yeah, but it's about attempted date rape. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's about attempted date rape, and you can't avoid this. It's about attempted date rape. The problem with this episode is its tone. The fact that they're playing it for burlesque comedy and laughs, and the audience is just sitting there kind of petrified in silence. For a lot of the episode, they're really, really here for the boys kicking Biff's butt at the end of it, though. Everything else, they are kind of enraged or confused about, and they don't know how to react. So that shows why this one is not a well-remembered episode within the fandom, within fans of the show, within the scope of its canon. Within the, show, within the scope of the show's canon, this is a horribly remembered episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Laverne Shelley is not the first sitcom, obviously, to have dealt with date rape uh, in that particular time period. Yeah. Obviously, 
we're post-60s, we're in the 70s, we can talk about this kind of stuff now on television. All in the Family did an episode in which Edith is nearly raped by a man she lets into the apartment because he's posing as, I think, a repairman of some sort. And it deals with the emotional aftermath and the intensity of what she feels and her fear and everything she goes through, everything the family goes through. And all that's beautifully written and handled. Uh, Laverne Shirley is too broad to handle this kind of subject matter. And I don't even want to say that they couldn't do it. We know they can do it. At this point, we've seen a visit to the cemetery and it nails material that's equally as sensitive and as serious. Uh, they nailed the topic of uh, unplanned pregnancy and unwed motherhood and look for your leap. We know they can do serious subject matter and do it well and also combine it with the show's ridiculous broad sense of humor. But here they just fail. It just fails. It's a failure of tone. Uh, and plus, when you're watching a situation comedy that's broad and funny and light most of the time, you do not want to watch one of your favorite characters struggle to avoid rape for a full half hour. And this is basically what happens. And I don't know if it hits different if uh, you're a woman or if you've experienced assault before or if uh, you know what Laverne's going through and what she might be thinking. But it's just a failure of imagination all around, and it doesn't make the boys look good. This isn't even the worst thing they do this season. Oh, no. Uh, oh, that, 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 be, that no, terribly wait, no. concerns me. Uh, no, I, I take that back. I think this might be the worst thing they do. I, this is probably the worst thing they do do in canon. Uh, I reserve the right to take that comment back later on, but I'm pretty sure this is the worst thing that they do in canon. I reverse that statement. I rebuke it. Okay. So, okay. This is the worst thing they do. It, it's been officially um, officially rebuked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I could also uh, make a case for what they do with the girls in uh, the uh, talent show episode that's coming up this season. Uh, and there's a couple other incidents where they kind of push the boundary, and then of course Rhoda Burbank is coming up, which is about as bad for several different reasons, but we'll get there eventually. But this is probably the worst thing they do because they know what could happen to her and they've traded in their friendship with Laverne for the promise of fucking a bunch of prisoners. To be truthful. And and it's and, yeah. and that's not even a guarantee. It's just to go past yeah. the, it's even to just go past the place. And that's the thing that really yeah. it's a I think, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point because that is the note that I have about how they essentially they take complete advantage of how over the years they have now won. They've won a place in Laverne and Shirley's heart. And it's a yeah. it's a play. It's a point where they feel and not only does it get do they feel yeah. like they can get away with it, that they can set this situation up to happen and then go to her yeah. father's restaurant. Like that was yeah. that was <laughs> you were. That's what you're pissed off at the most. <laughs> I, because it's chillingly real to me, because yeah. I've I've heard enough tales. I mean, I'm not you know going to be somebody that you know I've never been assaulted in this fashion, but I have yes. heard too many firsthand stories. I have had people literally cry on my shoulder about what happened to them, and 
one of the things that is one of the most chilling factors and parts that you hear of these of these situations is how the people who are sometimes responsible either the people who are directly responsible such as in this case or the people who commit those acts go somewhere as if nothing was nothing is wrong they hide that secret they compartmentalize yeah. it and yeah. that frank is unaware that his you know and i've i know a couple of persons that the 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 sexual assault the rape that they encountered was actually an attempted murder and Thinking about how if this goes south, which again is the whole point of like how this completely minimizes like, oh, you know, he's just going to rough her up, have his way with her. And it's like, no, yeah. if he gets pissed off enough, that cantaloupe squishing is going to be a Laverne and he's going to you know, leave yeah. her in a bloody heap on the floor. And yeah, that's why they don't think about that. Lenny is Squiggy's not exactly. And that's that's why I was saying, like, you know, I was ex expecting this to turn into um, Death Wish here. <laughs> so, you know, when it, when it didn't go in well, that direction, I was like, <laughs> I can deal with this. Like, I don't like it. We, you know, yeah, I have zero yeah. interest. In, like almost every episode we've covered, I have no problem or would actually happily watch a second time, watch again. You know, if anybody wants to watch them yeah. or if I decide to introduce anyone to this show. This one, absolutely yeah. not. It is triggering for a lot of people, and understandably so. Uh, yeah, the Squiggy's amorality here is stunning. Mm -hmm. His amorality is it's beyond what he's displayed before. And we know that he has the ability to feel pity. We know he has the ability to feel sympathy. We saw that when he related to Shirley uh, during Shirley's operation. We saw that when he helped give her a pep talk during uh, the episode with her father. What do you do with, well, not what do you do with the drunken sailor, uh, the, the, but he can spare a father. We saw all of this happen. We know he understands what it's like to give someone sympathy and what it's like to feel for, bad for another person. And here he just does not care. He's just sitting there getting drunk while Lenny's stomach is churning. And Lenny's just staring at his hands, trying not to cry, uh, imagining that this is happening to Laverne. Uh, and it's not even like he, like, like Lenny's blameless here, because he's really not blameless. He's the one who calls Laverne loose as a moose. And it's like, I don't know if that's like bitterness, because she won't give him a chance. Or if it's uh, that he really thinks she is. Because God knows there are Port Laverne jokes in season six. He doesn't give, deliver them. That's a Carmine joke. We'll get there. Oh, God. Oh. It's, it's, okay. Crossing my fingers, reminder that I need to talk about Carmine in this episode as well. But, but please go on. <laughs> uh, and. He is the one who said he, he, he you know, there's a cute moment where the two the boys say that she's crazy for me simultaneously. And then he looks at Squiggy with the fury on his face. Squiggy kind of shrugs and goes, What? What? Mm -hmm. What I say? That's a nice that was a nice touch. But the episode manages to I don't know if this is Michael's acting choice or direction note or what. It hammers home that he cares a lot about her in spite of everything that's happening and what he is saying. But he is not blameless in the situation. Uh, that he is so afraid of losing his job and getting beaten up that he is willing to 
uh, facilitate the situation and participate in it with Squiggy. And uh, that's what happens. And it is, you know, this is, the, the results are, this episode really doesn't need to exist, does it? No. If you really think about it, this episode does not need to exist at all. You could chop out the Boo Boo Kitty subplot and sew it onto something else. And the main portion of the episode could die in a fire and nobody would care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody would care. If this got burned up in a universal, in a Paramount Studios fire, and the negative of this episode goes up, nobody would care. Nobody would give a damn. <laughs> and that's sad. <laughs> Oh, there's collectors that would be furious, I'm sure. But uh, okay. you know what? I don't, I'm not. I'm going to choose not to care about them right now. <laughs> yeah, screw them. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, and God. and I it's I understand not wanting to get your head rickyoed like the poor cantaloupes there, yeah. but yeah. Uh, sure. you know, it's it, it's one of those. This is the thing also that it shows a problem with Laverne and Shirley, like the way episodes like this kind of happen where people write these episodes that are okay i think i understand what the show is or i understand this idea of what the show can be or we're going to try this certain direction or what or what have you and there's this inconsistency and you see tons of tv shows have this problem and this is definitely an example of it because it's like the yeah they they wanted to you know it's like well Laverne and Shirley has to be treated as cute or it has to be funny or it ha- everything has to be a joke or it's not serious and that's really I find is the the problem is as we're saying this is a incredibly difficult and incredibly it's a difficult situation uh, t- a topic to cover and it's yeah. it's one you have to be incredibly careful with with handling and it's a very sensitive yeah. and potentially a rather powerful one if done well. You know, yeah. and and one that actually can make yeah. some very serious points. The problem is that yeah. there's 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 three issues. Obviously, is that the first is that Laverne and Shirley is a bubble of happiness and joy. That is the point of it. As yeah. that's that type of sitcom. It's not. It's going to be yeah. even in Look Before You Leap, even in some of the other more serious episodes. You know, the ones where I've you know I've I've been message you know messaging you when we're watching this, saying you know Lisa, why are my eyes leaking? Yeah, yeah. But that was the next episode we're gonna cover. That's right. It'll be a breath of fresh air. But it's it's gonna. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but it's like that's the bubble of of happiness, and as soon as you do yeah. something, because like I have this note here about um, yeah, okay, so because it cuts to commercial when he locks her in, pushes her base or kind of for, basically yeah. says, you know, one of us is gonna take off the dress, you know, is gonna be taken off a dress, and I ain't wearing a dress. And it's my note here is like, and gee golly, isn't that something, kids? See the music because the music makes it sound like it's okay, everything's fine, it's funny, it's cute. Are you supposed to laugh? And then you come back from commercial, and she's calling out the window for help, and no one hears her. And yeah, so okay, so that's problem number one is there is is the tone of the show entirely means that these types of topics shouldn't be in the show, in my opinion. To be honest, I just feel like that's not you know because I guess what I mean is like. I, I, you know, I come back to like being a Resident Evil fan. Resident Evil covering the, and it kind of has covered the idea, the in the background elements of sexual assault in sort of the lore yeah. in aspects of it, or at least metaphorically, because yeah. it's a, it's yeah. biohazard. Yeah. It's, it's gross and it's horror. That's yeah. a franchise yeah, yeah. That, that can cover it. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be gross. I hope they don't really do it very explicitly, yeah. but it will happen. It's, it's something that it's like, yeah. okay, it sucks, but okay. The other yeah. issue I find here is, as we're kind of mentioning, the whole topic of the um, of the episode 
doesn't need to be there. Biff as a villain doesn't need to be there. You have this adorable boo-boo kitty, you know, like that could be its own adventure is Laverne and Carmine running around town trying to find somebody to stitch up the cat and coming across like two or three different scenarios of where it goes wrong. Yeah. So two, the thing doesn't need to be in there. And so it's like they're forcing something that doesn't need to be in there just because, oh, it's it's serious or it's the 70s or what the fuck have you. Um, It's not serious. Like, as I said before... Uh, the only episode really that managed to tackle sexual assault decently, and I didn't do a good job in the first place, was It's in the Water. I mean, and that did a shit job of it, if you really think about it. And then you had all those, uh, equal, unquote, funny jokes and good time girls, and those funny little references to being, being nearly being raped in uh, Once Upon a Rumor. And this kind of culminates in Laverne running around, uh, in a dress, trying not to be raped by this dude and pretending that she's got distemper. And like, what are, are we supposed to be laughing at this? The trouble is that the show can, like I said, like I addressed before, the show can do serious topics. They could probably have done a great show about attempted date rape or the girls suffering from uh, a date that goes in the wrong direction or a friend of theirs gets raped and they have to help them. Mm-hmm. They could have made great mincemeat out of this topic. The trouble is the tone. They took an episode that should have been handled like a look before you leap, that should have been handled like a visit to the cemetery, that should have been handled like why did the fireman, it's coming up in season five, and they handled it like a regular episode. They handled it like an Angels of Mercy, or they handled it like a uh, playing hooky. That's the problem. We're not supposed to be saying they're walrus laughing at Laverne really getting raped. And that's the problem. They want us to. And that's the problem. The problem with the episode. Yeah. Mm. And it's it's that's, just it's yeah. <sighs> fucking ditzy bullcom bullshit. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Ditzy sitcom bullshit. It's because and that's what as you're saying, it's it's a regular episode to them. And yeah, yeah. it shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't yeah. be. I had a third point, but I, you know, I, I've totally like spaced out on what it is, so I'm not, I'm not going to consider it important. Um, the note's going to be this somewhere. Go, <laughs> go figure it out. I, I, at this point, the thing is, do I, do I care enough about this episode to remember? No. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, you know, the last this episode, the last episode have have made at least me so salty, and I know this one's infuriated you. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah it's yeah. I. I I don't. I don't. I don't. It's like I. I almost just don't want to even keep talking about it. I know that's terrible to yeah. say, but I just. Yeah, I don't. I know. Yeah, I know. We get still get some stuff to talk about, so we'll have to get there. We'll have to get there. Uh, I was gonna mention. So we begin with a really cute setup with Laverne eating food that, frankly, the boys would eat. So I don't know why she makes fun of the boys' eating habits. She eats exactly like them. Said it before. Say it again. Cause she's eating. Uh, cereal on top of eggs and bacon, if I remember correctly. I think that's what she was eating. I'm pretty uh, sure. Yeah, it was eggs, uh, yes. one eggy, two stiff pieces of bacon, and a bowl of Frosted Flakes with the milk in it. Yes, with the milk in it. All together in one single bowl. Later on, by the way, Shirley will make fun of Lenny for putting his BLT in his soup and eating it that way. That's a t- I don't know why, because Laverne a- does the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, BLT and your soup, depending on the soup, that's a great idea. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, his idea of BLT is Bosco licorice and Turkish taffy. Mm. This is the idea of that. And then into, uh, I think, tomato soup. Um, but yeah. And then we get this cute little bit. Shirley explains that she's going to go see one of her brothers graduate from heavy equipment school. I have no idea which one of her brothers this is. She has a bunch of brothers. It's not her sailor brother who becomes a two-time guest star in the form of Ed Bakley Jr. later in the season. But the dysfunction of the Feeny clan is so interesting. Because Shirley's not going to do anything more than stay overnight over there in case she gets sick. And then ruins her uh, sick time and her off time and her overtime pay. That's Shirley. She's so practical. I know. She's so what you get sick of sweating the beer. <laughs> Everyone else does. Everyone else does. Uh, and then there's that cute bit of slapstick where Laverne accidentally smashes the door into Shirley while she's in the closet and breaks the glasses. She's going to give it to her brother, which is all cute. And would be good in any other episode that isn't this one. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like those scenes could once again exist in another plot because it leads nowhere really everything about what happens at that graduation leads nowhere does not come up again it's just an excuse to get Shirley out of the episode for the majority of it Uh, I don't know if this is because it was behind the scenes drama Uh, when we get to a chorus line something interesting I found out uh, thank you thanks to eBay uh, is attached and related to that episode but I have no idea why uh, Shirley only appears at the beginning and end of this episode. Because can you imagine what she would add to this? Oh. She would kick Biff's ass. Oh yeah. Oh totally. <laughs> she I mean, would punch him out. Exactly. That's the other thing. I also have an issue with this episode and the way it handles the like very real, re- you know, kind of realistic yeah. element or aspect where suddenly it gets too real, it gets too serious. I like the idea that in the sitcom terms, that you know, when they have these situations that are supposed to be violent and they flail and they fight and the fight isn't really, you know, it's all play for laughs and everything. I kind of like the idea that Shirley and Laverne, when really pressed with a serious, scary, really, truly terrifying, like traumatic experience that the punches would land and they'd be, they would fight their way out of the situation tooth and nail. Definitely. Definitely. And then Laverne never tells her about. Oh yeah. Which is that, that, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah and I, I'm not going to... It becomes something that she... It may be uncomfortable. It becomes something that... Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, did it? Did it make you uncomfortable? It, it made me... It un- uncomfortable that she didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, un- it made me uncomfortable that she didn't tell Shirley what happened. It basically... You know, yeah. Because it's it's like, it's a case of this terrifying yeah, thing exactly. occurred, you know, and I understand part of it is that there is a sense of shame and that, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, well... Because, I mean... Yeah. I'm going to give you a head of, of, of it. Think is Carmine doesn't think anything of it because of the slime balls that, you know, the scuzz burgers that, yeah. that Laverne is known for dating. And yeah, I would, yeah. As, I would assume yeah, that he thinks she's going to get laid. He just thinks she's going to get laid. Yeah. That she intentionally wants to get laid by this dude. The line, she, the line be gentle made me shudder yeah. in, in, in Ugh. incredible discomfort. Ugh. <sighs> Ugh. God. Carmine needs to be quiet for the majority of this episode. I was going to say that Laverne never really gets to react to the trauma of the situation, obviously, because of the length 
of the episode because this is situational situational comedy. It just like happens to her, and then oh, okay, I'm okay. The boys defended me. This guy knows where she lives. He still works where she works. Yeah, and like ugh, they did not think that out and how scary and traumatic it would be for a woman to have to go back to this brewery and work with this dude who is her friend's supervisor who is in a position over her of over her power wise at the brewery and she'll have to keep seeing him and that is horrific for a woman who's been through something like that so like they they did not even bother to address it because, you know, white sitcom. White sitcom, we're never going to see this dude again. We're never going to have to think about him again. Right. But uh, uh, plot-wise, it's just a yawning hole. I, I'm just, Now I'm just wishing that this would be somehow, you know, Norman shows up. And yes. because of the fact that, you know, it's like, oh, Laverne, you left something of of, uh, of mine in my patrol car. I only just finally found it. It was just that he wasn't ready to let go. Sees the incident, yeah. pulls his gun and shoots the guy in the fucking head. <laughs> God, I'm I sorry. just picture like the appliance, the squirting blood. <laughs> <laughs> I would want that. I would love that. Yeah, just mostly because I miss Norman. God, do I, I miss Norman? I do too. Okay, there. So here's because this is the thing about my notes about the defeat, about the victory over Biff Parker, the the rapist. Uh-huh. He's not bleeding. His limbs are still no, on. His dick still works. Yeah. The fact he was able to even yeah. leave on his knees means he was too alive. Yep, yep. Like, true, he gets, in quote, unquote, in quote, unquote, humiliated. But not in a public way like the boys were. Yeah. So it's not even equitable. No. So in the end, it's revenge, but not enough. No. It's it's yeah. paltry. It, Audience loved it, though. Audience was so there for it. Oh, certainly. Audience adored that moment. Yeah. Which reminds me that just before the boys burst in during this episode with Laverne's almost assaulted and she yells, I have a headache. The audience is supposed to laugh, but they do not. And they did not fully in audience laughter. It's just a dead silence until the boys bust in. And that says everything. Mm-hmm. That says everything about the tone of the episode and how it hits and how it lands. I also noticed there was no studio audience laugh in the uh, pizza bowl scene. With uh, Frank and Edna yeah. and the boys, you know, yeah. having to conf- yeah. inadvertently confessing their cowardly sins. Yeah. It's all yeah. it's all laugh track. So it may, that made me wonder. Yeah. And it could just be that was a scheduling thing. But um, yeah. And it could have been a uh, dress rehearsal thing. It could have been yeah, whatever the reason. But I also felt that was a little telling about how people were reacting to the tone. Because like that's because that because yeah. again, that's the scene that kind of made me realize like, OK, like these this is. It's like the more layers you add on to a thing, like that's the thing. It's the water was creepy and not cool and not okay. And so was all the yeah. moments in like the once upon a rumor and, you know, and, uh, yeah. uh, and so on and so forth. But yes, it's a case where this episode, because it's the core of the episode's plot, there's so many extra layers that make you remind you of all the realities and details. As you're saying, the trauma, the, yeah. the processing, yeah. you know, is, oh God. Yeah. And yeah, the audience definitely, I don't think they were there for it because I don't think they were physically present. Yeah. 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 It's possible that they were all sitting on their hands during this episode. It's really possible because the tone is so awkward. The tone is so wrong and so off and it does not work. It just, it does not work. 
It absolutely does not work. Uh, there's some good lines when the boys are trying to charm Biff, like Squiggy going, Oh, Squiggy, your hair makes me sweat, quoting a girl he's allegedly having a fling with. Mm-hmm. Because Lenny and Squiggy have biblical knowledge of every major female in the brewery, they swear. No, really. I believe it. I totally believe that they're not making those sheets hard, as we know. Thank you, Cannon. I, I, <laughs> Every night. I mean, the only, I, I still say that the reason Lenny says that is just he knows which church they go to. Yeah, yeah. Or what, or I should say, I, excuse me, I should say what place of worship that they go to. Yeah. Well, we know he and Laverne go to the same church, though. Yeah. That is actual canon fact. The same religion go to the same church. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I like of... Laverne. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, is you know, speaking of the dialogue, as you were mentioning, these little lines like the shapely instrument of torture, you know, torture. a wet kisser, but yes. a hard worker like these are yeah, without the context of this stupid, horrible plot. These are funny, yes. funny bits. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like watching a yeah. bad movie. It's like it's kind of like, oh, God, it's like watching the yeah. oh, man. It's like watching the Bourne Supremacy where the editing yeah. ruins that movie. But the cinematography yeah. is really, really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I can name two lines that almost come one on top of the other. Like, Squiggy being unable to spell sex. S-E-C-K-S. That's funny. Lenny saying that he and Laverne had to break up for the children. That's funny. What's not funny is, you know, the lying to her like this. Uh, the chemistry between Laverne and Carmine is still fraught and weird. It's going to get even weirder by the time we hit season five and season six and season eight where they're basically the only two people left standing and the sexual chemistry gets a little odd, but yes, uh, she can't touch Carmine's foot. He has a cramp. She has to awkwardly rub his toes. I, and then... I, I really would prefer she just let him suffer. I mean, that's my note. It is good, Carmine. <laughs> suffer. <laughs> hatred of Carmine just gives me so much life. It's like, God, you hate this character so much. I don't hate any character in the show as much until we get, like, fully into the California years. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. Yeah, poor Boo Boo Kitty manages to get his tail back, or her tail back after all that effort. Yeah. You know? You can't sit up, though. Poor thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. Oh, gosh. But there's, like you said, there's a lot of good lines, like, uh, how about Mexican Louie? He swallow his own nose. That's a good line. That's a good line. It's a funny line. Um, uh, everything about the idea of Laverne taking out Squiggy's uncle as a favor. He's ancient. He was, like, 90, but he could still dip, and then he died. <laughs> no wonder he never called. Yeah. <laughs> that line so much. I love that line so much. Uh, True Love Nita's invitation to bust in. And just like the way the boys use Terry of all people. Terry could murder this dude, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't know what uh, they were thinking. Yeah. Terry would murder him in one second. Mm-hmm. She would strangle him to death, and then they have a murder on their hands. That was, yeah, I'm amazed that she was I, even I mean, on the list. I mean... You know, again, just yeah. just saying, you know, as a Grindhouse fan, I mean, why are we looking at this as a bad thing? Hey, I'm looking at it as an incredibly positive thing. 
<laughs> if Biff had imploded scanner style, I would have been so happy that that never happened. Oh my! Never God. happened. Every single time I watch it, yeah, just it, just his whole head, just gory implosion of flesh and makeup appliances and ground beef would have made me so very happy. Tragically, it never happens to me. How many times I watch this episode? So. <laughs> <laughs> The scanner style would have been perfect, but yeah. Uh, I like Laverne's observation. Uh, I guess that makes me the day of the year. That's cute. The dialogue is so good. I would love to watch an episode written by Chris Thompson that does not involve all this horrible crap because the dialogue's good. And I know that there's another episode that they did, and I can't uh, remember which episodes they did. But uh, I'll find out if they get better from here because oh, uh, they Chris, get Chris Thompson's episodes. Yeah, 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 I can't remember what else they did offhand. Oh, I yeah, he he know. did actually. He did a ton of episodes so far, actually, at least three. Uh, um, and actually yeah, wrote. Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, um, Airport, uh, Airport Fifty Nine, Cruise Part One, oh, the, dri- the Driving Test, and Two Thousand One: A yeah. Comedy Odyssey. Yeah, those are all much better than this. Those are all much better than this. So. They had the, he had the rhythm of the dialogue down. He knew the characters. And why this happened tone-wise, I do not know. Oh, God. Yeah. Scanner-style implosion. Please. please. It, it gets to the point yeah. you wonder if this was one of those assignment issues where it's yeah. like, well, we've got this premise. It's on the board for an episode, and someone's yeah. got to do it. And it was, you know, yeah. his unlucky day, or he needed the money. Because, I mean, you're going to get... Yeah. Because by yeah. season four, they knew it was going to start getting syndication, right? Uh, I believe that it was syndicated by either season four or season five. Okay. Uh, they were syndicating it while the show was still airing. Uh, they put it together in a package with Happy Days, and it was airing during the daytime on ABC Affiliates. While the show was still going. I do know that much. I'm going to have to look up and find out which year they syndicated it. But I know that's how they did it. Because I've seen the advertising mock-ups and the stuff that they put in magazines to sell the show. My note at this point simply reads, Ha ha, I hate this episode. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, when I, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. that that was me. I I would not doubt. Let me see if I can scroll yeah. back up into. Uh, did did I did I have an I hate this episode? No, I just said it was cliche bullshit last week. Okay. <laughs> that was all I had. Yeah. See, you're but, uh, you're wordier than me. Yeah. Than no, it's it's uh yeah. It's uh yeah. It could it could yeah. die in a fire. I think it it can uh yeah, much, it can it can it can explode. It can be torn asunder. Um. Fed to rabid wolverines. I was thinking of of uh, Jack torn apart in um, American World from London. Let's go with that. Scre- uh, yeah. Screaming for help and oh, being yeah. abandoned. Oh my lord! Is, is there is there, uh, any, is there still anything else to cover? This is still making me really uncomfortable yeah, to keep discussing things. about this one. There's a couple more things I really wanted to talk about. I actually wanted to talk about the pizza bowl scene and how the reconciliation happened. So we got a couple more things to do, and then I'll stop torturing you, and we can. Move on with our lives. Um, I was going to mention how hard Penny tries with the slapstick comedy here. She tries so hard to make the audience care that it's unfortunate. It's just, like, really unfortunate. I mean, the whole bit was she's rabid, supposed to be rabid. Mm-hmm. And that's just, 
that she tries so hard and it's just like watching somebody staple themselves to make another person laugh. And they're bleeding and in pain, but you know, you gotta give them the pity laugh. And she's so talented, she's so much better than this, but she's trying so hard and you just, uh, you can't. But yeah, Carmen's a dick in this, going congratulations and thinking, oh, well, Laverne dated Jake the Snake, surely she's banging this dude. Mm -hmm. So I'll just give him a nice little pep talk and let not ignore her pleas to stay. And, uh, you know, and that's actually the one thing I hate. There's, you know, we're talking about good lines. There was this one I forgot to mention is, uh, I'm sorry, I had to return the cat. Had to go have him fixed. And it's, you know, the stuffed animal, which that's is a funny cool. line. It's a great yeah. line for Boo Boo Kitty. Although I yeah. just have to, have to add, I mean, I don't know. Could you have the doctor, I don't know, emasculate Biff? Maybe emasculate you while you're at it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I hope so. Well, I guess that's yeah. the thing. These last two episodes are reminders that men are horrible. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm a gamer. I already know men are horrible. And I have to you know deal with yeah. that in the culture that, subcultures yeah. that I'm in all the time. So I don't need... Yeah. I don't need my happy place sitcom with with uh, with my girlfriend to th th remind me of this so <laughs> yeah. horribly. Trust me, I don't need it either. Uh, I was going to say I love the detail of the boys sleeping in the bathroom with the light on twice a week. It's only twice a week though. Yeah, we sleep in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? We sleep with the light on. The light in the bathroom don't count. We sleep in the bathroom only twice a week. Yeah, yeah I know. That exchange is amazing. I want to know why. I want to know why twice a week. What the heck's going on? Did they sleep in there for twice uh, twice a week? I presume, presumably, Squiggy's in the sink and Lenny's in the tub, unless the tub is filled with dirt and or Jello or pudding. So my <laughs> theory action. would be, my theory would be they're too tired, and they have either a date that's staying over, or they may have you know presumably these guys have other friends. Aside from Laverne yeah. and Shirley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do they do know some people at the brewery. They do know some people at Vinny's Pool Hall that they've mentioned. So they, they may it may be friends. Yeah, and there's such whims, I wouldn't doubt that somebody, you know, forces them to sleep in the bath have to sleep in the bathroom twice a week because yeah. they're taking the beds. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's you know, maybe it's uh the, the cockroach's turn for the week. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's their uh, little friend, the blob object that uh they never say exactly what it was, but it was something. Mm. Something gooey during uh, driving dust. He has a name. God, I can't remember it offhand. Oh, well, we'll look well, it up later. Well, well there, there was, there was, well, there was, because uh, I know there was Robert that went by. Robert! But... Yes, Robert! That's Robert! Robert, Robert, Robert. That's right. Robert! Robert's the character. <laughs> Robert forces them to sleep in the tub. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm just imagining either a, a Dungeon and the Dragons gelatinous cube or a uh, one of those belch yeah. monsters from Earthbound. <laughs> I always pictured him as literally like a sludgy kind of blob figure, kind of like a sentient uh, spot of pudding. Hmm. Self-aware yeah. pudding. Yeah. Well, I suppose you put yeah. enough yeast, you can make anything happen. Yeah. yeah. It's probably like a mouse or a cockroach. So I think Edna right. would kill it if it was a mouse. So, as we saw her bloodlust. Oh God! Recently. Oh God! Happy memories. Happy memories. We're almost done. <laughs> um. Uh, I did have a question. It, sorry. Go ahead. 
What is your thought on the line, Laverne DeFazio picks her own jerks? I like that it's empowered for the era and it's very Laverne. It's like a little tiny light that shines like a beacon in the horrific, horrific morass that is this episode. I like, what do you think of it? I I think kind of the same way. That's that's why I was asking. Yeah. I was like, I kind of liked it. Yeah. I wanted to like it, yeah. but at the same time, it also like just again contextually, just the scene, just maybe just feel like so ick. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention that I love uh, Edna's empowered badassery. If she ever mm. finds out about the situation, I can't imagine her not murdering the boys. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> the line of p- people seeking to kick their asses would be so long if anybody ever found out about this happening. So and, yeah, and I was I was just thinking Edna does have an incinerator in the boiler room, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, one would ever yeah. know. No one would ever have to know. Mm-hmm. See, now I just really uh, wish they had just killed Biff and tossed him in the incinerator. Yeah. And they take the secret, and they don't even need. They take the secret to their graves. I know what you did last Milwaukee. <laughs> I know what you did last Shots Talent Show. I know what you did last Shots Talent Show. There's oh there. God. Oh god. Perfect. And then and then who becomes Perfect. I guess Biff has got like I don't know, like a twin brother or something that comes back. <laughs> Griff dressed, dressed Griff is twin brother Griff. It's twin Griff. brother Griff. Oh god. <laughs> See, that's how you make a script, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and now listen to us bra- brainwash in real time brainwash, brainstorm in real time a serial a serial killer slasher movie script. <laughs> Oh my you, god, you... that was a good one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I leaned all the way back to laugh, and then my spit hit my tonsils. So. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh you still oh, you, you, you still have those? I had mine removed. Um, I still have mine yet. On on the pro on the the subject of Biff, um, I I probably yeah. should mention the actor a little bit because because I have yeah. some odd trivia about the guy. Yeah. Sure, so, go for it. Okay, so it was, it, it was Biff was played by Larry Hankin. Uh, he was another Hayland Lord alum. He was also on yeah. Breaking Bad as Old Joe, the scrapper who helped with quote unquote cleanup. Um, he's oh. been a character actor who is still working to this day, uh, having played roles yeah. in sitcoms. He's in uh, Van Damme films, at least one. He's in Death Warrant. Uh, walk on bits and big, big budget stuff. He's like in the shadow, like as a taxi cab driver or something. Yeah. And uh, unfortunate, weird, uh, maybe unfortunate side note. I he's in pre hysteria too. Do you remember pre hysteria? Oh. Yeah. He's wow. one of the exterminators yeah. in pre hysteria too. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the duo. So oh, now God. I know that one of the Ketchum and Killam duo played a rapist in the seventies. Yeah. Fucking figures. Uh, Gosh. Uh, I was going to mention that we get a little glimpse of Frank's old-fashionedness versus Edna's modernity as they battle out who would be inco-unco at fault if the, the prospective guys set this girl up for something to happen. I love how she is such a force for um, what's right and good sometimes in the show. Mm-hmm. She's she's the only adult in the room. Yeah, a lot of the time. But she also has fun. She's really cool. Well, yeah, but what's the point uh, in being an adult yeah. if you don't get to have fun every once in a while? Truth, truth, truth. Uh, I love uh, how your boys fear and respect Frank. They really do. If you really watch this episode. 
They want his advice, and they're afraid he will murder them. But on the other hand, they're not very respectful of his establishment. It's a really, yeah, just encounter belt. Or of his daughter. <laughs> so, oh. Hey, that's right. Doesn't this also go past Squiggy having been paid never to go near Laverne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he lives in the same building. and He, he has dates. He's been paid never to date her. Ever. Okay. And once again, Frank did not pay Lenny not to date her. <laughs> so that's interesting. No, itself. Uh, uh, that's not, that fact. Yeah, it's a nice little little nice shippy detail that can that could occur. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Boy. Uh, not in this episode where he's not thinking. Not even with a little head is he thinking. He's just not thinking, period. Uh, there's just nothing there. Avoid. Just like the plotting session for this episode. Uh, there is a great moment, though, before they go to kick Biff's butt at Lenny's behest. Lenny is driving this whole thing. Squeaky tries to back out at the last minute while the attempted rape is happening, by the way. And Lenny just charges in. What are you talking about? Get him! And he's just pissed as hell. And it's really great. There's a great line before they leave the pizza bowl where Squeaky says, a man's going to do what a man's going to do. And he goes in the bathroom. Oh, I like that bit. Yeah, yeah, I was too mad at Squiggy to find it amusing. Yeah, it just, yeah, it just made that, it... that point. Yeah, he's just unusually uh, sociopathic in this episode. He can be sociopathic, but in this one he's like super sociopathic. He's like over the top sociopathic, where he does not care about anybody at all, even Lenny. It's like this temporary flanderization. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first example of flanderization I could think. Yeah. But Lenny's the conscious in this situation, even though he did what he did. Uh, we should give a hat tip to the athleticism in that struggle where they kick Biff's butt. Yes. That was really nicely choreographed. I remember you were really impressed by uh, Michael's flying leap in particular onto the back of the actor playing Biff. Yes. Yes. Because he's a tall dude, which means he's not particularly oh, yeah. light, which means he has to yeah. put a lot of force into that jump. Unless there was a hidden trampoline for that setup of the shot that they very carefully concealed. But that's, that's no, quite it. No, he can just jump the height. Go ahead. I was going to say, is, um, yeah, it's, I mean, because Biff, Biff's a tall guy. So even when he's leaning down, yeah. those, you know, that hips are going to go up to quite a distance. So, I mean, that's. Yeah. It's it's a it yeah. is a distance. Yeah, it's 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 an athletic scene. It's well choreographed. It's well staged. It's one of the more entertain. It's again, it's if it weren't for the context, it'd be a lot more entertaining. Probably the most yeah. entertaining fight we've seen in the show so far, short of tag yeah. team wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. There is a great moment coming up in season five, where Michael pogo's over Cindy's head. He takes a he basically jump leapfrogs over her head. By grabbing the top of her head and then jumping over her at a flying leap. And I don't know how he did it, but he did it perfectly. So that's how, that shows you what he can do if they ask him to do physical comedy like that. So, that's just, so he, he can just do that stuff. I was going to say, Laverne forgives the boys, like, way too easily here. Way too easily. To a point where you're like, come on, girl. Make him grovel a little bit. Yep. Make him feel miserable yeah. for, I don't know, six months, 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. 
60 years to the day, and then I drive a stake through your heart. And our line of that, especially uh, especially our jobs are not that great. <laughs> it's like, yep. Uh, I, I, it, that may, again, that also made me uncomfortable that it's like, and now here's, and now kids, here's the lesson at the end. Friends are more important than a job, especially their jobs. And it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. don't like Yeah, it. it's the most martially example of morality uh in the season where they'll just all of a sudden spoon feed you a lesson like you're watching happy days right sorry happy days fans but sometimes that gets a little more obvious in their show versus this show right but we definitely get those get the learn to lesson music every once in a while and morality happens like it does here and then there's a weird notion that the boys Always know how much the girls like them by how loudly and fiercely they get thrown out of the apartments, which explains why they keep showing up. It does explain why they keep showing up, at least. Uh, so. And then we got a come to the tag scene with Shirley and Boo Boo Kitty, and the graduates driving their bulldozers across the stage to accept their diplomas, and are discovering Boo Boo Kitty can't sit up, which is somehow a bigger deal than their best friend nearly getting raped. <laughs> Oh, God. But there was the uh, the question you had, or the thought you had, regarding the place where they got the Stitch It job done. Yeah, I was wondering if that's the exact same tailor in Chinatown that Lenny went to to get his uh, lettering put on the back of his lone wolf jacket. Everything's up in the owl. It's possible. It's pretty possible. Uh, maybe Laverne or Carmine or the two of them together went to the boys and said, hey, do you know name of a decent tailor. Maybe it's just the tailor that everybody knows in the neighborhood. Right. But Shirley's horrified outrage that somebody pincushioned her boo-boo kitty is uh, palpable and greatly acted by Cindy. Yeah. I think, I think we've hit ratings time. Should I start? I, you, I, God, you go, you go ahead. I'm, I, uh. it's exactly a one for me. I would give this a zero, but I know which two or three episodes I'm going to give a zero to. Uh, it's very close to a zero though. The only thing that saves it, like I said, uh, is the physical comedy, some decent dialogue, the moral thread of Lenny being invested in Laverne's safety and being the conscious here and the only guilty one. All those are good things. So that saves it from being a complete zero. We'll get to zero territory. This isn't quite it, but it is bottom of the barrel. That that's uh that's impressive that it's actually gonna hit zero territory. I, oh, uh, and that yeah, you're holding and that, yeah. and also that you're and that you're holding off till later that you have not just one but two and not just two but possibly three that what? you're that you're waiting for. Season eight. Oh God! It's this is this is why Lisa. I keep saying you would have made a wonderful member of the Forrester clan, making people watch bad things because you have that wonderful evil laugh when those sort of things come around. I'm not asking you to do it now because <laughs> I, I I feel too drained to even enjoy it. Um, oh dear. Yeah. This this just going over this episode is exhaustive. And just the the last two, these last two, like. Yeah. Genu- genuinely, season four for me right now has been not a pleasant experience overall. 
it's yeah, there's there's been a lot of there has been a lot of things that have frustrated me and so when it comes to like ranking that like the fact that you know I barely, you know, I squeaked by, you know, by giving it what was it, like a three last week, I think, for the yes. day with the racer head, which yeah. in hindsight, I was too kind. Um, <laughs> and for this, I'm going to give it I am going to give it lower. It's going to get a one and a half. The, the half point is only oh. for the, uh, the 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 fact that it allows me to daydream horrible, horrible things happening to horrible, horrible people. <laughs> You know, that's that's, uh, you know, revenge fantasies were a commodity of mine back when I was when I was a teenager. And so this this brought back a certain sort of nostalgia for it. But yeah, season season four has been rough, man. This is uh, this this is this is getting to the point of like, I don't know how it's like it's like uh, like I'm deep enough. I know I have to go to the end, but I I'm just curious, like, can I am I get to get to this point in the middle of the episode? I just drop dead. I just can't. I refuse to can anymore. <laughs> Thankfully, the next episode is Gangbusters Amazing. And we got a whole block of really great ones coming up. So yeah. that'll make life better. <sighs> okay. Brighter. It'll be better. Okay, so. It'll be better. Whew. So yes. Good. All right. I guess is that uh is that all? Because I said I'm I'm done. Yeah. 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 All right. Excellent. Well, quickly, we just have a quick word, word from our sponsor there, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, with all that taken care of and all that stuff done, um, thank you for joining us for night after night podcast. And if you would like to know more, please join us at night after night PC on Twitter or night after night pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, and Patreon. And, uh, I, I, you know, all I'm just going to say is, you know what? Rapists can all die in a horrible fire. It's one of the few reasons that I, I do hope that there is some comeuppance and on the, in the, on the other side for people to do horrible things. And, um, I don't know. I just, Lisa, Lisa, I'm going to be done until the sign off. Just tell, tell the folks what's, what's coming next. Just, oh God. Yes. May they be stricken down with syphilis and pee fiery fire forever. Next week, we're going to have a much better episode, even though it's about death. <laughs> Wait, what? It's about death and dying. <laughs> Trust us. Um, Laverne tries to accept the fact that her mother has passed away over 10 years ago. I think it's going to be like, it's going to be like 15. It's going to be a lot more than that. I, get, I have to think about how many years Laverne's mom's been dead by the time this episode happens. Uh, her father wants her to come visit her mother's grave to celebrate what would have been her 50th, an- 50th anniversary of her birth. Laverne can't do it, and her friends try to help her process her feelings and bring herself to visit uh, her mother at the cemetery. It's called a visit to the cemetery. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's you know, that's a good, uh, hopefully, hopefully, an emotional feelsy one will will get us out of this funk, but. Uh... All right. Save us, Deborah Leshin and David W. Duclon. Save us. Save us, Duclon edition. Thank you, please. Anyway, cool. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Oh, God, I'm going to go drown myself. Don't you dare. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.